1: Tuesday presented by MGM Dave Ross here with you at South point in Las Vegas and Josh Applebaum as he's done all week joins us outside of Boston and uh, Josh we're going to get to the home run derby I think we gave out some good winners last night and look ahead to the all-star game today but you might not know this about me but some would say I'm an old sports guy I like to say seasoned and my old news directors (laughs) used to say you got to break some news now I don't know if this qualifies as breaking news because I only have one source but the source says that you are coming
2: to Vegas later this week? Is that, in fact, fact, sir? so the rumors are true uh i'm on a hot mic hot mic here every time i talk to steph but yes i am coming to vegas hide your kids hide your wife i'll be here for uh about four or five days so i'm coming in late uh wednesday night i'll be leaving sunday and uh lucky enough i just was recently engaged in my uh my in-laws family said hey come out let's celebrate they want to see the ring they uh dave all this wedding stuff it's too oh. much for me the caterer the dj all they gotta you know get a big powwow here with uh my fiance Elise and her family so uh, i'm excited i'll be there hopefully get to see you. In person but uh the rumors are true i'm coming to vegas wednesday night congratulations my friend that is awesome news as we begin the <laughs> Thank body you. line
1: and again uh, michael will be back on this show on thursday i believe patrick's back on monday so we're uh filling in for those guys for the rest of this week uh, i do want to talk about the home run derby a little bit last night josh because again we love pete alonzo at plus 500 and that ticket did cash of course but what i was most proud of is we kind of workshopped it yesterday on the show, right? And we know that Steph gave us the line on Monday. I believe it was 5.03 for the longest home run hit. That went way up, uh, up to about 5.10, I believe, is where it closed. And still it went way over. And you and I thought about this, and we said, you know, Juan Soto at plus 750, just to hit one bomb the furthest, he hit it in the first round at 520, and it held up for us uh, to cash that ticket at plus 750. What was your biggest takeaway from the home run derby? And I got to say, I was quite entertained by it.
2: I was totally entertained. It brought me back to being a kid watching the home run derby at Fenway in 1999 when I was 12 years old. It was just a great show overall. And really, you know, a couple things. Number one, tip my cap to you, Dave. You were in a great spot there with that plus 750 Soto longest home run. I wasn't brave enough to take that, but couple big winners there last night number 1 Pete Alonso plus 500 we talked about this really the advantage that i think you saw come through with Pete Alonso was experience that's something that we spoke a ton about on yesterday's show uh, and again you saw it when you watched the home run derby these big strong guys they look invincible but after a round where you know you swing i don't know 50 60 times these guys are gassed so i think the advantage there with Alonso is that he had done it before he won in 2019 he know he knew what it was like and really when you saw him uh, in between his uh, you know his hitting he would go over and, and be interviewed and that guy was locked in. You talk about a guy like it, it was almost weird, eerie the way he, he was like a couple word answers like, yep, I'm locked in. Like the way he was carrying himself was like a laser focused player. And I, I found it funny, Dave, because uh, shout out to you because you're you're a Mets fan and a long suffering Mets fan, I'll add. But uh, <laughs> the funny thing there is I think he makes like 600 grand a year yes. and he won a million dollars in the home run derby two years in a row. So he's made it's funny. He's made more money winning these home run derbies than he has with his regular salary as a, as a young player here. So uh, Alonzo, obviously huge win plus 500. If you cash that, uh, but really it was that over under longest home run prop, Dave, that I think was a perfect example of number one, not being late to the party. The right. funny thing is it didn't matter because, uh, and we talked about it, it opened uh, longest home run, like 503 feet. Then uh, the, when we were talking on the show yesterday, it was 510 and a half. I got down to the five ten and a half. and a half. I looked up and then it was up to 519 and a half. I'm Ooh. like, I had to refresh my page. Is something up here? Like, is this a typo? That thing kept going up, 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 up. And uh, number one, how good are the odds makers? Longest home run, I think, was 520 by Soto. So you cash by a half foot there, Dave. But uh, overall, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, as sports bettors, and when I talk about the gambling vacation, sports bettors vacation, this is kind of a slow couple days here. But uh, the fact that as bettors, you know, we want to get down if we find an edge. We found it on Alonzo. We found it on longest home run. It feels good, Dave, when nothing's going on to still stack a couple units. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me yesterday.
1: And obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the All-Star game tonight. We're seeing some line movement there here early in the day uh, before you place your wagers there. But it is interesting because we saw Pete Alonzo on Monday. I believe he's minus 175 against Salvi Perez went all the way up to 225 for good reason. I think you and I said on Monday, well, well this is the easiest bet that you would theoretically make here on a Monday. But I do want to give a shout out to Salvi Perez. The guy hit 28 bombs and ESPN didn't even mention him because the polar bear put up 35 in that first round. He would have <laughs> beaten everybody else like in the old formats, right? But because he went up against Pete Alonzo, he was not Knocking that first round. And Trey Mancini, what a story of the night. And again, you got plus money on Trey Mancini, certainly in that first round, got all the way to the final and uh, put up a really good showing. So I think baseball put them in a really good spot. And again, you mentioned it for the betters out there, it was a light night, but you could take advantage of some of those lines. And again, all the lower seeds won their first-round matchups. So Pete Alonzo, for some reason, was a five, and Sally Perez was a four. We know in the betting terms it really doesn't matter. But all those higher seats did cash for you. So, again, just something to keep in mind next year. And you talked me off the ledge American (laughs) League was minus 200 to win the home run derby. And what did I say to you? I said, Pete Alonso is going to win this thing. I'm going to kick myself if I took the American League just because Shohei Ohtani and Joey Gallo were on that side. So I I think it was good advice that you gave out uh, yesterday. I do want to talk about the All-Star game today. And I I see now that the over-under has ticked up a little bit here to 11 uh, the over is now juiced. At, I believe it's even now. Yesterday, it was pretty highly juiced at 10 and a half. So it has made that move to 11. You mentioned about the humidor situation with the baseballs before the home run derby. And I thought that was very sage advice. <laughs> what do you make of this number very quickly? Do you think the same principles apply here that if you're going to play it because it is Coors Field and you know they want to showcase offense, do you lean to the over? Or do you think now that it's moved to 11, the
2: value has gone? So, Dave, it's a great question, and there are a couple weird things going on with this game. So, number one, uh, what we're seeing overall is that the trends that have cashed uh, pretty consistently at a crazy rate here the last decade or so, both the total and the money line are going in the opposite direction. So for example, like the American league, the American league has dominated the all-star game here uh, going on almost 20 years. They've won seven straight all-star games. They're 19, three and one the last 23 years. So that's a ridiculous rate here. That's almost like Dave, our, our, our system there with the Tampa Bay lightning off a loss in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like 16 and it ended in the Stanley cup playoffs. But um, so number one, the AL is dominated. However, even though the AL is dominated and really 19, three and one last 23 years, that's unbelievable. That only tie was, um, you know, that tie with the Brewers when Bud Selig called the game off and when it was seven to seven, I think. But, uh, what's funny to me, Dave, is just the fact that, you know, the public wants to get down on this. They had fun, a little bit of fun with the home run Derby, uh, another day here where we got to wait until the NBA finals game Four tomorrow. This is the, another, uh, situation where it's the only game in town. And I think if you Google all-star game or Google betting trends, you're going to see that the American league dominates here, seven in a row, 19, three and one last 23. However, even though uh, that big trend would favor the American League, the line's actually going to the National League here, Dave. So, minus uh, 105, pick them. Now the NL's up to minus 110. Some books are minus 115. I kind of like the NL today as a hmm. kind of a fade the trendy dog play. Despite all these trends, the line is going to the National League. Obviously, obviously, it's their home ballpark. So, I lean NL here. And then also, the total's interesting because, um, same thing, the under has done great uh, in these All Star games 12 and 3 the last 15 years to the under yet it opened 10 and a half. It's up to 11. So that's telling you that despite the public saying, take the AL, take the under. That's what has cashed consistently the last 15 years. The money's going to the NL. The money's going to the over. I think the key with the over here, Dave, number one, uh, another hot night, uh, weather in, in terms of the wind blowing out, hot, humid, uh, rarefied air, that all goes to the over. There's also going to be a DH. I didn't realize this, Dave. Even mm-hmm. though it's an NL park, they're going to have the designated hitter, so you can't really count on that pitcher hitting and being, being an automatic out. The key to me though, is the number, Dave, it opened 10 and a half pros hit the over 10 and a half. It's now up to 11. I've seen some people say it's a really good opportunity to buy low on the 11 here, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait this thing out and I'm going to wait and hope that it falls to 10 and a half. And if it gets back down to 10 and a half, I'm going to go over here. I think with these, the AL and these unders dominating at some point, regression is bound to hit. And maybe the fact that these trends are so obvious yet, you know, unders are cashing yet. There's over money, ALs cashing yet. The NL's getting hit. I like both of these spots today. If you can get a 10-and-a-half over and with the NL
1: today. You see a bet MGM right now. It's juice to the over, even moving up to 11 at minus 120. I'm with you. I'm hoping it comes back to 10-and-a-half because I was ready to pull the trigger uh, yesterday, and then it went up to 11. I got a little bit gun-shy, so we'll wait and see what happens uh, there. It is interesting. You mentioned the American League, their domination here. Uh, Steph, our producer, gave a very uh, fun prop bet, and I do want to get your take on it. Will there be extra innings? Two of the last three have gone to extras, and you're, you mentioned it. There's no Bud Selig. So there will be no tie. There will be a winner uh, at some point tonight. If you like this to go extras, plus 725, again, minus, uh, it's for the nose is 25 to 1. What do you make of this? Do you think there's any chance there's just this just a crapshoot? But again, two of the last three have gone extras.
2: Yeah, so I would be intrigued by maybe a half unit or a small play on the yes plus 725. Number one, two of the last three uh, obviously have gone to extras. Also, the other thing is like this game is a pick 'em number, Dave. So if if you have a pick 'em type number, uh, slightly to the NL here, minus 105 to minus 110, minus 115 ish. They're saying that these teams are very evenly matched. So I always like, you know, when I'm betting an over in a basketball game, like I want a very short spread or a pick'em spread that way it's, it's tight. It's back and forth. Maybe you get overtime. Same thing here, where if you have a huge favorite, the chances of extra innings are, are decreased. If you have a kind of an even number, maybe you get that extra innings. The other thing would be, this kind of reminds me of Dave, when we bet like the Super Bowl props, will there be a safety? Will the game go to overtime? Will there be a two point conversion? You obviously uh, have a lot of recreational money taking a shot on that. Yes. In those situations uh where a lot of wise guys might lean no actually but at the no 25 to one there's really no value here to say right. that it won't go to extras. so to me it's either a small half unit you know a quarter unit here on the yes plus 725 or just lay off entirely i just think there's no value to that 25 to one no it's probably likely to happen but you're risking so much and not getting enough in, in return that it really is kind of an unplayable number
1: yeah i totally agree with that i, I do look at the, the over again even though it is juiced up to 120 here at 11 and I, I still kind of like it. Again, I'm hoping it does come back to 10 and a half for one simple reason. And that is, I arguably, the two best pitchers in the game are not playing in this game, right? Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole are not going to be out there uh, for the AL and the NL, respectively. So we knew what Max Scherzer is going to take to the bump to get the start for the National League. We saw what he did in San Diego in his last outing. Not very good. So it, it just kind of feels like you're not getting the elite pitchers at least early and to that end would you then maybe think about a small play in the first five innings where right now the over under sits at six uh, minus 105 for the over the under juice to to minus 115 knowing that you don't have the top of the line starters that you would normally have in this all-star game do you think there's any value there
2: I think that's a great point, Dave. And again, a lot of wise guys definitely target these first fives, especially if you're uh, if you're on an under and you're concerned that the bullpen might blow it. Uh, But I'm with you. You've had a lot of these uh, really great players opt out. I mean, Mookie Betts opted out. Obviously, Degrom. You got a lot of these high profile guys who won't be playing. You know, I have seen uh, some people and just researching on Twitter, people I respect say that the that the the NL kind of has a roster advantage here, Mm -hmm. just based on the opt outs for both sides. So maybe that's worth a look. Um, But it goes to to kind of my point of I kind of like the, the full game better than the, the first five. Okay. I just think there, there's sometimes a feeling out period, Dave, and you've got to think maybe these relievers might be a little bit easier to get to than these starters. But I'm with you. A lot of these trends in terms of the weather, uh, in terms of the altitude, in terms of kind of you know your, your top, top echelon, uh, pitchers not being in tonight leads me to believe that, hey, 10 and a half, you can find that. Uh, and again, I, I think like when sports betters want to get down today and they're going to do some research and it's always available to us now, obviously with the Internet, like they're going to find two things. They're going to find that the AL dominates and the under dominates. So maybe you get some more recreational money going under and maybe that's how we get our 10 and a half. That's what I'd be looking out for.
1: OK, and Josh, because you mentioned that the National League, we theoretically believe have the better offensive lineup, right? Let's take a look at the run scored, the prop bet here for the National League and see if we can find some value here and maybe where it starts to make a little bit of sense. Obviously, if they get shut down by the American League and their pitching staff, boy, you're going to get hosed if you take a a one-and-a-half or (laughs) two-and-a-half for them only to score that amount of runs. Where does it start to make some value? How about at three-and-a-half, the over is minus 225. Four-and-a-half is minus 135. So that's where I start to get intrigued to think, they could score five runs. Here's the problem. Obviously, National League Park, if they're leading after eight, you're only getting eight A- A-Bs here, right? Eight innings for the National League. That always concerns me if I take an over for the home team
2: here. Where does it start to make some value and sense for you? I think that's a great point they just made Dave because again if the NL is up you know let's say I don't know five to four in the ninth and they close it out uh, it wouldn't be good for me and my under but it'd be right. good for my my NL money line play there yeah they're not going to get their extra at bat there so that's something to keep an eye out for to me it gets interesting exactly where you mentioned the three and a half in the four and a half over three and a half runs minus 225 um, I like the number three and a half the juice might be a little high for me there the 225 I would consider the over four and a half can you get five runs in this game for the National League to me that's somewhat doable minus 135. Uh, kind of you're paying just a really high maybe juice price on like an NHL total there. Uh, so maybe th- maybe four and a half over minus 135. Again you split it. You know it, uh, the total is 11 right now. Theoretically it's five and a half both teams. Um, but the NL over four and a half minus 135. That's where I would consider making a bet.
1: Okay, and again conversely for the American League here, I, really you know, the first time you get some plus money is at five and a half, right? So if you think they they can get six runs, and again they're gonna get the at least. Nine innings full being the visiting team here. Is that where you start to pique your interest a little bit? Because look, four and a half, boys, that's used at minus 155. Uh, I'm thinking five and a half if I was going to dive in on the American League to score at least six runs. What do you make there?
2: I'm with you, Dave. Even money there, plus 100 over five and a half. Uh, you also go to six and a half. That's plus 150. I think a lot of times, you know, casual betters get tied into just what's my biggest payout? What can I can I turn 10 bucks into 100? You know, that sort of thing. Um, get rich quick, even though we all know sports betting is a grind. So sometimes you fall in love with these plus money payouts. But I'm with you. You know, even money plus 100 over four and a half minus 155. That's kind of high. I guess it's not that bad. Um, but again, you know, uh, looking at Uh, So maybe fireworks offensively here, again, from what we saw last night. I got to do some research because, Dave – are they using the humidor tonight or not? I, I gotta get confirmation on that. Don't know yet, but again,
1: I yeah. mean it was it was such a, a astute observation on your point yesterday that people really need to look at that. It makes a huge difference. And I know we kind of kid about it, but if you're gonna take these overs that we're talking about, we wanna make sure that what the, the baseball is out of the humidor. Is that how this works, Josh? Because I'm not a, a cigar guy, so I'm not really exactly <laughs> sure how this works with <laughs> physics. But that does seem to lend to the to the ball. Uh, But with a higher altitude getting out a little bit more and more runs being scored.
2: You're totally right. Eduardo Perez, did you see, too, he went back there and opened up the cooler? It's like a walk-in closet. Those of us who used Fantastic. to work in restaurants, it was great. But, yeah, we want the balls not to be in the humidor, the humidor if we're on the over. The humidor uh, benefits the under. So, hopefully, just put them out, put them out anywhere. Uh, as long as we're not in the humidor, we're good, Dave. I'm easily confused, Josh. Much more to get to. Will Hill's
1: going to be with <laughs> us and Tyler am talking some British Open right here in the Lombardi Line. On a Tuesday, we're back. You're on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. nevada premier sports betting app bet mgm has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much much more download the bet mgm app today and stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state issued id to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada whether you're sport whether you're betting style you're going to love bet state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week visit bet mgm for terms and conditions must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Back here on the Lombardi line with Josh Applebaum. And Josh, let's take a look at game four of the Suns and Bucks. We talked a lot about it yesterday. The line has stayed pretty steady here at minus four for the Bucks on Wednesday. I feel like this is a series again. And because of that, again, Giannis, we told you on Monday, if you want to get in on the MVP talk, he was plus 500. That has come way down, as you can expect, to plus 240. But for the game itself, because I believe Giannis single-handedly can keep doing what he's doing, I got to seem like I got to go with the Bucks minus the four so far, unless you talk me off the ledge here. What do you make and what do you see so far in this matchup?
2: Dave, I'm right there with you, and I'm actually kicking myself that I didn't take your advice, Uh, putting a unit on Giannis there at plus 500. That was a great call by you because, uh, as you mentioned, now down to plus 240. Chris Paul's still the favorite, minus 165, but Giannis is really making a jump there. And that plus 500, I think you got a great number there. You're feeling good about that right now. But I'm there. I'm right there with you. I'm not Not going to talk talk you you. off the ledge here, Dave. I'm going to push you off the ledge (laughs) in in a a good way, in a positive way, because uh, I'm looking at the Bucks here, Dave. You know, number one, just based on kind of what we saw from last game, the way the bet market shaped up. We're seeing the, almost the same exact carbon copy this time. Remember uh, you had the Bucks down 0-2 coming back home. They couldn't get that first quarter number but they really cruised there and covered in 1 by 20 and that line was like 4 got up to 4.5. At one point it got to 5. You're seeing almost the same exact thing happen here for game 4. So I'm, I'm, go, I'm leaning Bucks here at this point. I do like to see on game day because just when you get to game day a lot more uh, action pours in. Obviously the limits get raised. The books have a good feel for where the Sharps are at. Um, so I want to see how this thing Develops because I still feel like, you know, part of the public says, I'm getting the Suns, who are a really good team. They're going to bounce back after a loss. I'm getting points. That looks good. But then I also feel like casual bettors may say, Wow, Bucks won by 20. They're only laying four this game. They're at home. That's a good sign here. So a lot of ticket counts I'm seeing are still somewhat split. Uh, I would love to see a situation where the public jumps on the Suns because that would make me even more confident in my mm-hmm. Bucks play. But to me, Dave, this is all about the line movement toward the Bucks. You look at the Bucks, they opened minus three and a half, immediately got up to four. That first initial move was really indicative and again early moves doesn't mean that they're going to continue to be that way but that's what we're seeing so far 3.5 up to 4 and there's really no buyback on the 4 going back down to 3.5 in fact I think right now if you like the Bucks, you may want to grab this 4 now because it looks like it's trending up to 4.5 again all movement toward Milwaukee here uh, and really Dave two systems that I like that would match with the Bucks. number one if you look at playoff favorites with a half point of line movement in their favor so this would be the Bucs 3.5 up to 4 or now up to 4.5 those favorites with a half point of line move in their favor this postseason, they're 29 and 23, 56%. Not a bad angle there. Also, short playoff favorites, five or less, they're 35 and 20, 64%. Both would match the Bucks. I'm leaning bucks here for tomorrow night, Dave.
1: And again, because I think that Giannis and those MVP, we'll talk a lot about this uh, tomorrow as well with Tim Doyle who's going to join us to break down this. Uh, I look at Giannis still at that plus 240, and my theory here is, and we've talked about it a little bit, because I believe the series is going to go deep, six or seven, I, I, it's got to be seven at least for Giannis, even if they lose, to be in consideration to still get that MVP today at plus 240. If he keeps dropping 40, and even if they lose in a game seven, Chris Paul was underwhelming for his standards in game three. You expect Devin Booker to bounce back a little bit. If they kind of split it, like we saw with Golden State years ago, when Andre Iguodala won the MVP uh, in there when they didn't give it to Steph Curry. I know that a losing uh, team member hasn't won the MVP since 1969, but it feels like that that is still in play, even if they lose in seven, and Giannis is superhuman, correct?
2: I think you're right, Dave. And again, was the last time I think it was Jerry West who won it, uh, even though they, he lost the, uh, the finals there, but you're right. You know, to me, Devin Booker is the one who's really dropping here. He's kind of the, uh, you know, he, you know, when you see Giannis rising, really Devin Booker is kind of going the other way now, plus 600. I think he was plus 300 uh, going into game two or maybe game three. Uh, But I'm, I'm right there with you, you know, uh, Paul and Booker, uh, you know, one night Booker takes over one night, Paul takes over. They kind of split the difference. And I think that really leaves Giannis open to the guy with putting up massive stats and really the stats are half of it, but winning is the other. If they can get, push this series to seven, you know, right now, the, uh, the favorite here for exact series outcome is seven at plus plus one twenty five. So the odds makers are telling you this could be a deep series. You know, Suns obviously will have game seven home court advantage, but I'm with you, you know, all the attention, Chris Paul, I still think he's the favorite, but Giannis is making a move here up the stretch. He could be the one to target.
1: And I don't know if this is an official rule in the NBA, but if you win the MVP and your team loses, you become the logo. I think that's how it works. So we'll see if that works for Giannis. Much more to get to here. When we come back, Josh, we're going to talk a little uh, NFC East. Yeah, I love breaking down this division. Uh, got some sleepers in there. Yeah, I get it. There's uh, one team that I like to talk about, but I might not pick them. I'll tell you who that is when you come back with us right here. It is the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Beason subscriber exclusive this Tuesday. Long Shots host Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds will be answering your golf betting questions live just in time for the Open Championship. They'll be live today, 315 Eastern to 1215 Pacific for a subscriber-only Q&A. Subscribers will have access to watch live and ask questions, or you can email your questions ahead of time to questions at Watch for the link in your subscriber email and join Brady and Wes for all the golf betting insights Today. Yes, it is the British Open. I am Dave Ross with Josh Applebaum, and I know that they're very particular, Josh, about that British Open thing. Uh, the ugly Americans, we, sh- we should call it the Open. We're going to talk a <laughs> lot about the Open uh, later on in this program, but I do want to talk about the NFC East. And look, I got to just get it out there. For those that know me, they know I'm a diehard, non-apologetic Dallas Cowboys fan. So it really pains me to say that when I look at this division, Josh, I get worried about two teams. Not the Eagles at all. I don't think that they're at plus 350. I don't like their odds to win this division. I don't believe in Jalen. I like Jalen Hurts. I just don't believe in him in year two. The two teams that really scare me the most are Washington and the Giants at 325. Now, Steph and I were just talking in the break. The NFC East has not had a repeat champion, Josh, since 2004. So history is not on Washington's side, but their defense is. It is brutally good. What do you make of that? The Cowboys at plus 115. Well, that's great, but have they fixed the defense uh, so far this year? That I don't know with Dan Quinn if he's going to be able to do that in year number one. What do you make of these,
2: these divisional odds at first glance? Dave, I'm right there with you. I think this is a wide open division. I kind of liken it, not in terms of uh, how good these teams are, but just how competitive it is. A little bit to the uh, the NFC West, where you have a lot of really good teams led by the Rams, but if just a competitive situation where when you're looking at these division odds, depending on uh, your perspective of this, there's an opportunity here for money to be made. So uh, the Cowboys, I-, I agree with you, Dave. I- I- I'm concerned a little bit um, about them being overvalued, because I think a lot of times what you see during the offseason is Dak Prescott, a big player coming back from injury, who I really like Dak Prescott plus 180 to win comeback player of the year. Uh, I'm probably going to dabble on that a little bit. I I think he's going to put up some ridiculous numbers with CD lamb, that offense. And uh, as long as he can stay healthy, knock on wood, I think that's his award to lose. But um, the Cowboys are kind of like the Yankees. They're kind of like these big teams that just automatically get a lot of love to their over, which makes me kind of be careful or kind of reticent to back them here. Also, you know, their win total is nine and a half. It's right down the middle, minus 110 juice. So uh, the odds makers probably set a perfect number. There, They're really not tipping their hand, uh, you know, juicing it up or juicing it down. But I agree, you know, plus 115. I don't think there's a ton of value there. I'm with you on the Redskins uh, or the Washington football team and the Giants here. Number one, Washington that defense you're betting on that defense to continue to take another leap here and I really think you know Fitz magic joining that team could be a big benefit because they were kind of just a quarterback away you saw Heineke remember he started that uh, that playoff game against Tom Brady and uh, I remember they covered that number so Mm -hmm. thank you Taylor Heineke what were they like plus eight plus nine against Brady in that one but I just think with a competent quarterback a guy who switched teams a bunch so uh, he knows in a quick offseason how to transition to a new club you're gonna lean on your defense you're not gonna ask Fitz. Fitz magic to win you shootouts. You're asking him to win you, you know, twenty to seventeen games, twenty-four to twenty-one games, that sort of thing. So I like that their over eight is juiced up, minus one fifty. Now there the odds makers are tipping their hands saying it's eight, but we're really making you pay a higher price for that over, because most likely that's good that's a side with some liability. So I'm with you. Give me the football team over eight wins here.
1: Yeah, defense in that front might have the the best front in all of the National Football League, and that's why they scare me a little bit there. I, I do look at the other teams here in the division, and I think there's good value for two different plays in the over-unders. And that's the Giants at seven. Again, juice to the over at minus 140. But I really feel like Joe Judge has got things going in the right direction there. If they can get Danny Dimes to really take the lead that we thought he was going to take last year, if he takes it this year, Josh, that's a dangerous football team. I got to think as weak as this division potentially can be, and it was last year, that you got to think you're going to get some advantageous matchups here to get that over. Conversely, the Eagles at six and a half, the under, At plus 135, you're giving me plus money on the under. I think this is clearly the worst football team in this division. Getting to seven wins, I just don't see it for this team with Nick Sirianni coming over there in the first year, head coach. It just feels like it's it's a muddled mess offensively. And unless he can really do wonders, I lean to the under at that plus value at six and a half. Are you with me on that?
2: so Dave I'm with you on the Giants uh, over seven number one juiced up over minus 140 so the odds makers are making you pay that higher price because that could be the side uh, that's taking in some liability so I like that over I like Joe Judge going into year two you kind of put your foundation down now you're going to try to build on that maybe Danny Dimes progresses here a little bit Uh, they're getting Nate Solder back you can probably imagine their offensive line would be a little bit improved here it's a wide open division so I'm with you on the G men and the funny thing here is you know Dave they can go eight and nine they can still have a losing record Mm -hmm. but cash this over because we have the 17 game season here so I'm right there with you there my only concern with the Eagles I agree with you I'm surprised that the Eagles win total is really juiced up to the over that doesn't make a ton of sense to me so this is a team that new new head coach first year head court head coach you know anytime you're betting win totals the NFL Anytime you talk to a wise guy who bets these win totals, they love stability uh, taking an over where you're bringing back the same uh, personnel, the same coaching staff. Wise guys do not like instability when it comes to season win totals uh, to the over. And that's going to make them want to go under just because it's a learning curve. You got to reset, reacclimate all that stuff. But my one reason not to play it even though I really like your plus money there Dave is that do the oddsmakers know something we don't? Mm. Maybe they're much more bullish on the Eagles here. Maybe maybe Jalen Hurts takes the lead, maybe DeVonta uh DeVonta Smith looks good. That so that one scares me with such a wide open division. Maybe there's a team that we don't expect to really break from the pack. So I love the plus money and I feel like the under 6.5 is the play, but anytime it looks too good to be true or seems fishy why is that over being juiced up so much? I don't get it, Dave. That's what scares me to take the under.
1: The two best defenses in this division, uh, to me without question, are Washington and New York, right? So you know that those defenses are going to keep you in those games, and I think that's why we like their their win totals to go over the 8 and 7, respectively. Those That seems to make sense. Now, getting back to my Cowboys here. At plus 115 <laughs> to win the division, I don't love it, obviously, for the reasons we just mentioned. But – if Dak Prescott is healthy, they're getting their whole entire offensive line back. I think they have the most weapons by far offensively in this division. The conference odds at 18 to 1. And again, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And remember, they've been in the NFC title game the last two years. He could be out of the conference here. Would you take a flyer? Not necessarily because it's not good value. Plus at plus 115 to win the division. But maybe at 18 to 1, if you want to be a cowboy backer to say that they, if they get in, maybe they can do some real damage. What do you make there?
2: Yeah, 18-1 is a pretty good number, Dave. So that definitely intrigues me here. I'm a little reticent with the Cowboys just in terms of defensively. Like uh, Again, you draft Micah Parsons early. you got to think he's going to be a benefit. He's uh, highly regarded as the best linebacker in the draft coming out of Penn State. So maybe they take a little bit of a leap there. To me, the play with the Cowboys, if you don't like these win totals or season-long futures and profits, is to target some Cowboys overs here, Dave. I think that their offense is going to be high-flying and their defense, maybe a little bit improved but still very porous. You're playing indoors at Jerry World. Uh, I would look to Cowboys week to week overs. That might be the play.
1: I think you're exactly right on. Until they prove it to me defensively, why would you take any unders with the Cowboys? Bet the over until they can figure out that defense. All right, Josh. When we come back, Will Hill is going to join us. Going to talk about that Open Championship and also the All Star Game tonight, right here on the Lombardi Line on Veasan the Sports Betting Network. Bet on more than just the final score with one-game parlay to BetMGM. One-game parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log in at BetMGM or sign up to try one-game parlay. If you're signing up for an account, make sure to use VEASAN 600, and your first bet will be risk-free, up to $600. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager in Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada. Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada, Dave Ross here with you in Las Vegas. Josh Applebaum out there in Boston, but he is coming our way this week. That was the breaking <laughs> news off the top of the show. And uh, it's a pleasure to bring in Will Hill once again, Point Spread Weekly contributor. You can follow him at NotTheWillHill. And, uh, Will, we've been talking a lot about it this morning already, about the All-Star game. Uh, we've seen that the numbers moved from 10.5 yesterday up to 11 today. Uh, what do you make of that line move, and which way are you leaning here?
0: First of all, Applebaum heading west, get everybody ready, prepare everyone. (laughs)
1: Huge news.
0: Get the Bud Light ready. I mean, just just prepare. (laughs) Prepare accordingly. I actually, I'm going against the number here. I, I, I'm going against the move. I like the under. I just think these, these games are typically low scoring. Now I think the move is probably based on the ballpark, but the ballpark, you know, cores is, is usually a high scoring field, high scoring venue. We haven't seen that this year. We've seen a lot of three, two games, a lot of lower scoring games. There's rumors of a humidor. The ball's not carrying as much. I don't know if they'll use the humidor tonight and that could be a huge factor, but you know, I just think pitching beats hitting good pitching beats, good hitting that thing's been around as long as baseball and there's a reason it's been around it's because it's true and i think you're seeing some unfamiliar matchups these these hitters don't see these pitchers very often typically that favors the pitcher and you get a lot of pitchers who are used to used to being starters used to going 6 7 innings throwing 100 pitches they can come in for 15 20 pitches and just empty the tank throw as hard as they can Uh, You know, nobody wants to get embarrassed and give up three or four runs. The whole baseball world is watching tonight. So I think these pitchers, although we're not going to see DeGrom, Cole, we're still going to see some good pitchers. So I do, I do like the under here. I think that the number is a touch high.
2: So will. By the way, I'm leaving Logan Airport. My plane is tomorrow night, at eight o'clock. I can swing by Connecticut and stuff you in my to-go bag. I mean, if you want to get out there with me, I I, I can give you a ride, my man. But uh, let me let me ask you this: uh, with the NL, I'm with you on the National League. Sell me on the National League. This was a minus 105 pick'em. Uh, we do know that the AL has dominated uh, the All-Star Game, one seven in a row, nineteen three and one the last twenty three years. I think a lot of people will just say, hey, ALs dominate. You're getting plus 105. Take the AL. But I think you like the NL, and so do I. Tell me on the National League. They've moved minus 105 up to like minus 110. The movement's all been toward the National League.
0: Yeah, I think Coors Field is a tricky, tricky place to play. You know, the ball does weird things, the altitude. I think the National League guys will have more experience in that ballpark, which is a little bit of an advantage. It it can't hurt. And just eyeing the rosters. There's been a lot of opt-outs, a lot of injuries for the American League. All the Astros guys are sitting out. Cole's not going to pitch. Obviously, Trout's not there. Just eyeing the rosters. The NL looks a little stronger. The fact that they've lost seven in a row maybe makes them, you know, gives them a little incentive, sense of pride, sense of urgency tonight. Of course, this is just an exhibition. This game doesn't mean anything. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. I do miss, even though it was kind of dumb. I do miss when they had home field advantage on the line for this game. It just gave it some juice. You know, if it was three-two in the seventh inning and it's eleven o'clock at night, some people might go to bed. But if they're playing for home field advantage, you stick around and see who wins, just because it meant something. So I do kind of miss that. It was like putting a bet on the game. You know, yeah. that's what baseball did. They they put a bet on the All Star game, and you know we don't have that anymore. It's back to an exhibition. But I do lean National League. I just think that roster's a little deeper, a little stronger. The pitching's a little deeper too.
1: Well, I'm so glad you said that because I am old school in that regard. That's when the the all-star game meant something, right? And the legends were the guys would go back there uh, in in the clubhouses and and talk about, we got to go, you know, Pete Rose knocking out Ray Fossey and and running over him. Those days are long gone. But if you did have some incentive uh, to win the game, I think it would be even more competitive than it already is. You guys talked me off the ledge. I am going to go now and play the National League. It didn't take a whole lot to move me as a Met fan, but you gave me some really good reasons to do so. So I'm going to get on that uh, with the National League tonight. Uh, Will, I I don't know if the uh, Open Championship has already started because I'm terrible with time changes, but I do understand that it's coming soon uh, over there in England. I cannot wait for the British Open because I like to get up traditionally in the middle of the night and watch live golf. Uh, Can you give me maybe a euro that you really like at a longer odd or two that you think might be able to cash some tickets for you uh, this weekend?
0: Yeah, you know, the last time this course hosted the tournament uh 2011, the year before that I believe it was 2003. We saw some real long shots. Uh Darren Clark, Ben Curtis winning mm-hmm. 150 to 1, 250, 300 to 1. Something crazy for both those guys respectively. Um, a couple guys I'm looking at Sergio Garcia. He's played well at this tournament. He's played well at this course, uh, played pretty well recently. He's 80 to one. He's worth a look for me. He's got a lot of experience obviously. And then Sam Burns, just a, a guy with a lot of talent. We saw him win on the tour already this year. At, uh, I believe it was the Valspar the week after that he finished second. He also finished third. He could easily have two or three victories. So you're getting him at hundred to one for a guy with a lot of talent. Now look, he, he'll drive you crazy. He, you know, he's very, uh, a lot of variants with him. He could miss the cut and be five over or he could win the whole damn thing so i just think at 100 to 1 i might play him to i'm going to play him to win outright maybe some end of the first round leader and obviously look at in terms of the matchups the top 10 which are more uh you know easier markets to win against these needle in a haystack bets can be tricky to bet but if you're looking to play them top 10 top 20 head to head you can uh you can certainly get some value there
2: Well, you know, we talked to you yesterday about the big NBA finals game for tomorrow. So it's a long wait here, but we're one day closer, but you and I were both uh, looking at the Bucks. So was Dave. And I haven't seen anything that's kind of talked me off the Bucks. You know, they opened minus three and a half. They immediately got to four. A lot of these fours look like they're leaning up to four and a half. I haven't really seen, maybe we see a game day, but I haven't really seen any biting at the apple when it comes to the Suns and the points here. So are you still, do you still like the Bucks? And I think you got a really good number early minus three and a half. Uh, But just your, your thoughts now that we're, uh, uh, you know kind of a day away here at this point.
0: Yeah, well it might be Christmas by the time we finish these finals. Uh they're really they're really spacing it out, dragging it out you could say. I like Milwaukee. I just don't th- don't think I've seen anything from Phoenix to to prove to me that they're going to break through in, in you know, not you know i think the ho- the home team is going to hold serve here until further notice the home teams have won all these games by double digits uh phoenix really doesn't have an answer for Giannis, who's really putting together one of the great all-time finals if they're able to come back and win this this performance really it, it goes down in the handful of great performances of all time um milwaukee's better i like we talked about the role players just typically play better at home and when these teams are even like this the role players are going to determine a lot so I look for Milwaukee to hold serve. I think we'll be two, two this time in a couple of days and we're headed probably for a seven game series. So I think, uh, I think Milwaukee holds serve and wins pretty comfortably tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I love that 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 idea because if it goes seven and, and you, if you got in on Giannis at MVP at plus 500 on Monday before game three, even if it goes seven and he keeps dropping 40 a night out there, he's going to be in play for that MVP. Uh, what do you make of Chris Paul? Josh and I have talked about it here. Obviously, he's still the favorite to win the MVP. Devin Booker really, I mean, they took him out of the game. It looked like he was going to get talking to by Monty Williams. He's really slipped off the board. Is it Chris Paul or bust? Or do you think a guy like DeAndre That if could he get into this mix in this conversation as a Giannis stopper? If anybody can stop Giannis, it's got to be Aiton, right?
0: Yeah. Look, if there were robots voting on this, Aiton could could come into play just because if it was based on merit, but Paul has played really good and it, and it's just the it's the storyline. It's the sentimental favorite. It's going to be Paul. Yeah. If the Suns win, it's, you know, I would say put it in the 90s, 90 percentile that Paul's going to win. I, I think Booker was the one guy that could have stolen it after a big game two, but after a shaky game three, these writers, they love the storyline. They, they, they're they dying to give it to Chris Paul. So I, I do think, I really think it's down to two guys. I think it's Chris Paul or Giannis. If the Suns win it's Paul if the Bucks win it's Giannis I think we can probably throw out the idea that a player on a losing team will win Uh, if LeBron in 2015 didn't win it in his losing effort against the Warriors nobody's going to win it I think those days are over so I think it's down to Paul or Giannis
2: well, you know we talked about the spread and how really all movement liability has been toward the Bucks here for game four but any any thoughts on the total because you know we saw the over go to all the first two games uh, the third game to the under oh my god you had to sweat that one if you got it early you, you know you barely cash you pushed if you got a late 220 but just your thoughts on the total here what you've seen out of these teams you know sometimes we see like the sun shoot the lights out sometimes the pace is high you finally got an under last time uh, I'm seeing the public going back to the over once again you know you get to these NBA finals games you get a lot of attention. And you want to sweat it over it's much more fun I did see one book like 221 down to 220 and a half I haven't seen it rise too much is this a is this like a perfect number of the odds maker set? do you lean one way uh, or the other just your thoughts on the total for tomorrow night
0: yeah, I, I thought this was an under series coming in. The, the three games have really come down to the wire. They've been coin flips all three ways. I would lean over in Game Four just because I think the Suns are at a point now. I don't know if they're going to stop Giannis. I think their best solution here is to just go small and try to outscore the Bucks. Get up more threes. You know, shoot a bunch of threes, make a bunch of threes. They only attempted 31. They only made nine in Game Three. So I think they'll take a more offensive-oriented approach, and I think that'll get the scoring up. So I would lean over actually in Game Four.
1: Yeah, kind of like that that rationale there as well, Will. I do wanna- to go back to the, to the open championship very quickly and I'm going to ask everybody about this Phil Mickelson 70 to 1 I, I know it feels like the ultimate long shot again but that's what we said before the PGA is there any value there in taking the left hander he did the double dip he won the Scottish in 2013 and then won the, the, the open championship Will can the old guy get it done one more time or is that just wishful thinking on my part
0: I hate I hate to be the uh, I hate to be the party pooper here, but it feels like you know what the, the gas station down the street sold the winning lottery ticket, so you go there so you go there a week later trying to buy it and it just doesn't work out. I I think you know anything under like a hundred to one. I think that was just. I mean, look, that was a movie. I mean, that was a sports movie, basically, a month or so ago with what he did. But I don't see it uh, history repeating itself. I, I don't see a whole lot of value there.
1: Yeah, 80-1. to one, Certainly, you'd like that to be over 100-1 to one if you wanted to back the left-hander in there. And, you know, I, I really – I looked at his performances in the majors this year, and they've been – obviously, when you win one of them, it's going to be a spectacular season. I hope at least he can make the cut. So, if you want to take those odds, maybe it's a better play to take Phil to be around for the weekend if you're a Phil guy like I am. Uh, Will, really appreciate the time and the information, as always. Uh, we'll find out if Josh can fit you in, and maybe we'll get both you guys here in Vegas by the end of this week. N- any shot of that?
0: It's tempting, man. It's tempting. I know you're joking, but there's 10% of me that's like, you know what? Can we pull that off?
1: Maybe I'll wager on that if we can get Will and Josh here uh, this weekend. Thanks again, as always. Will, Thanks, we'll Will. Back here. Uh, you guys. We're going to talk more Open Championship with Tyler Fulgham joining us from ESPN. It Vison the sports betting network.